What is going on, everybody? Mike Curlin here from the Bases Load Podcast. And just a reminder, for those who don't know, we have teamed up with Rotoballer this year for the 2020 season, which means we're joining the Rotoballer Radio Podcast Network. Since 2013, Rotoballer has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy baseball players as their fix for in-depth MLB analysis and player news. If you haven't heard, Rotoballer's 2020 draft kit is live, and all Bases Loaded listeners can get 10% off Rotoballer's draft kit by using discount code BASESLOADED. Rotoballer is home to number one fantasy pros accuracy ranker Nick Mariano. Nick's 2020 rankings and projections are available as part of Rotoballer's draft kit, along with printable cheat sheets, draft sleepers and busts, and more than 300 2020 player outlooks and tons of in-season tools. All of this from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with discount code BASESLOADED. Just go to rotoballer.com slash bases loaded and get your draft kit today. Hello and welcome in everybody to episode 117 of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And I'm here today to talk about a lot of these hot starts, who I'm buying in on, who I'm off of. Got a bunch of names on Twitter, kind of just took a few because I realized otherwise it would be like an endless podcast. But before we dive into the in and out, which I'm doing five of each, five in and five out. You could take it as buy low, sell high. You can take it as whatever you want, ride it. Like my big thing on, we'll get to the, when I get to the out players, we'll we'll talk about ways to treat them. But let's just talk about a little bit of news and notes. Uh, Max Scherzer on the I or not on the IL. Sorry, he's day to day after coming out of the game with the hamstring. The issue is, is he's such a gamer. He's been dealing with this since pretty much the first game of the season, from what it looks like. And he's saying the same exact things he said last year when he was having that neck slash back issue. So because of that. I'm kind of going to go ahead and monitor this. Obviously, we have to, but I can't recommend buying low or selling high or selling them at all. I mean, if you could sell them, if you feel uncomfortable, if you can get like 80, 80 cents on the dollar type of thing, I would definitely do that because something tells me that it's already started. It's lingering and it could be a way it could have been caused by compensating for a previous injury, like the back and all that. So there's a lot going on there. I'm truly unsure of how to, what's going to happen. Again, just needs just need to monitor it as pitchers continue to fall. Speaking of pitchers falling, Asuna also has fallen. Roberto Asuna is no longer the closer. He is on the IL, and he is actually on the IL. Scherzer is not. Let me reiterate that. But he is on the IL and likely going to get Tommy John. Ryan Presley got a chance to save last night, blew a save, and now makes you wonder if he's fully healthy. He might not be. Brian Abreu is a name to keep your keep your eyes on. A guy that I would probably. But perspective add-on, just because I expect him to be the next man up. If I bring you, uh, sorry, if if Presley uh, falters and continues to struggle and all that, so just something to keep in mind there. Ozzy Albie's another name that uh, minimal. It looks like he's going to miss them at least. They say at least two weeks, so it could be longer. It could be a month. If you have no IL spots, he's a tough person to stash because he was already he's already starting slow. And coming back from a wrist injury, he could just not hit for any power, which you were hoping for some power and speed. Swanson has been uh, batting second even before the injury, so there's a chance that he comes back and doesn't even hit in the top of the lineup. Just so much going on there. Obviously, he's an IL stash if you if you have the space, but if you don't, you're going to have to think long and hard about that. 
I honestly could see dropping him depending on your situation because roster spots are so valuable right now. And if you don't have an IL and you're playing from behind, it's hard to really justify keeping him. Even though, again, I get it. It's Ozzy Albies. He was your second round pick, third round pick in the in these deeper formats. But it is what it is. You can't hold on to these guys, unfortunately, especially in this type of season. And the last piece of news I want to discuss, the Padres optioned Josh Naylor and Joey Lucchese to make to make they made those cuts for the so they can because everyone's making their cuts from 30 to 28 man rosters. I hope this means we're gonna see Mackenzie Gore soon. Lucchese was the fifth guy in the rotation. With him out of the way, there's no reason Mackenzie Gore shouldn't be coming up sooner than later. I'm really hoping for him. If he, if he's available in your waiver wire, you gotta you've gotta stash him. You really do. And Joe Odell, he was out last night as well. Speaking of just you thinking of young the young guy just popped into my head. Joe Dell was out last night and he's done with a quad. I don't doesn't seem to be serious. It might be day to day, but still something to monitor. Another guy that you kind of have to at least hold on your bench, not drop him right now. But regardless, you definitely have to, like I said, go out and get Gore. Gore could be the next uh Nate Pearson type. I mean, I expect him to actually be better, but he is that type of prospect, that type of player, and needs to be rostered at this time. Now let's get into this. Well, like I say, if you want to call it buy low, sell high, buy high, sell low, or sell high, whatever you want to call it, because these are guys that I'm in on and I'm out on, and they've had a, they've had hot starts one way or another, and we're gonna go right into it. I think, like I said, there's five of each, and we'll go from there. But we're gonna start with my guy, Aaron Savale, such an Aaron Savale guy. This year, he was coming into this year, and I was more or less just hoping for this to happen. My big thing with Aaron Zavale was I kept saying the Indians just know how to produce pitching. They always have, and it seems like they always will as long as they have the system in place. And my argument was that he had the secondary pitches to make a jump if he utilized them more. And this year, not only did he utilize them more, but he actually dropped the pitch pretty much altogether in comparison in a sinker. He was throwing a sinker 34% of the time, 34.5% of the time last year. This year, it's pretty much non-existent. He's thrown 0.5% of sinkers, it says. So he goes from throwing that pitch the most to throwing it the least, upping his cutter usage in the process, as well as his four-seamer. And the guy's stuff, the curveball, the slider, it's and the changeup, they're all kind of just sitting there. They're all producing, but the cutter's really what he's going to right now. He's using it 30.6% of the time, utilizing five pitches over 10% of the time. The guy has the arsenal. He has the staff, and with it has come like tremendous strikeout numbers. The control is there. He has he's actually increased his um his cha- his O swing, which is swing uh swings outside of the zone. He's increased his swing and strike rate. So I'm buying into the strikeouts right now and the overall production. He's looked absolutely fantastic, and there's no reason to not buy in. And the and again, if when in doubt, just look at their schedule. They're gonna be facing a lot of weak opponents, the Pirates. The, he's, uh, the Pirates he has to face still, the um, Tigers, the Royals. Heck, the White Sox aren't even that daunting sometimes, especially with all these injuries they're dealing with. So there's just a lot of good there to be had with Savale. We'll see how he does tonight. <laughs> he hasn't pitched yet tonight, but I'm expecting another great outing. Will he sustain this? I don't believe that, but he is obviously taking a step forward, and there is one it is one to believe in. I mean... And we look at the, the walk rate. I mean, obviously, again, another guy that he won't walk that that little. We're looking at a 2.1% walk rate. He's never had I – mean, he's actually – he's done that in the past before. But if you're going to continue to strike out people at this clip at 37.5%, which, again, won't sustain, 
it's good. Uh, there's going to be a little uh, pitcher's going to be a little more patient at times, and they're not going to chase as much, and he'll, it'll come up. But like I said, we're seeing just improvements across the board in terms of the swing and miss stuff and the and whatnot. So buy in. I would buy high, and honestly, I don't. I, he's not. He's getting a lot of hype, but I still think you can get him for a fair price. So like I guess I'm buying high on him. First guy I'm out on. This won't be popular, but I'm actually out on Spencer Turnbull. Not because I don't think he could be good. I think he could be solid. I, but he also ran into a Reds team, which again, the Reds team, Reds are a good team, but their offense wasn't quite clicking at the time. And we'll see if that continues. But Turnbull, obviously, with a 31.8% K rate, and a, but the 11.4% walk rate really concerns me. That's a spike in walk rate, by far the highest it's been at any point in his pro uh, pro at the pro level. But the K rates also spike, so it makes you wonder why. But then when you look look a little deeper. The K's, I just don't see how it's going to be supported. I mean, you're looking at a, what, roughly, let's see, it's a it's a little above average swing strike rate. The league average right now is 11.4, which kind of close to last year's 11.1, and his is currently sitting at 12.6. And term, But Turnbull's chase rate, his O-swing, is just terrible. League average this year is 29.5%. His is only at 21.7%. That's actually a 10% dip from last year. So if he's attacking the zone, let's see, and his zone, his zone rate is about the same, so he's not really even attacking the zone that much more. He's depending a lot on um, the swing and miss stuff. The slider is great. It actually has a nose swing of 45%, roughly, a little more than that, just over 45%. But hitters and teams start seeing that he's utilizing the slider like he is and getting these whiffs on it. And he's not really attacking the zone with it. That thing, actually, if you look at the, the the heat map, it's actually like out on the outside of the zone. So if players can learn to back off it just a little bit, they could hit the other stuff is hittable. So I still think, although he's looking really good early on, he is somebody, if you want to call it sell high, whatever, ride it. Like I said, ride it out. I just, I'm not totally bought into the gains in strikeout rate. And like I said, it concerns me that this the walk rate has increased. And he's doing this with... A Babbitt that's about 240, which again isn't like it is it out of the question. No, but we're talking about a guy who's had a 327 and a 333 each of the last two years, as far as in terms of Babbitt. And he's actually, but his strain rate is about is about right. So looking at that, and then obviously the ERA indicators, some some indicate better, some indicate worse. Kind of a mixed bag. Most of them indicate that he's a three and a half uh, run, a three and a half ERA type of guy, sitting at two and a half, sitting at about two and a half ERA. Again, we're talking about regression there, and no one's going to be surprised when he regresses to that mid to high threes ERA, and you'll take that. But the path to getting there could be kind of ugly because if he starts off and, he keep, and even if he continues going well, I think there's eventually going to be a little bit of a fall off, and he's just this is now this is just the time to get off, or just like I said, or just ride it. Next, the guy I'm buying in on is Nick Castellanos. I think we're seeing a full on JD Martinez breakout. He went to a great home park. He's putting the ball in the air more. He, he tweaked his swing a little bit. I broke it down on my most recent article. And the guy is just doing what we need him to do. I mean, the hit tool always played. You inc- Now, if you increase the ground, the fly ball rate, and he was pulling initially a little more. Now, it's still more on all field. It's still adjusting. But if he actually goes back to pulling, which I think he might just end up pulling the ball a little more, it doesn't matter, though. If he's getting more fly balls and you pair that with his hit tool and, and with his ballpark, he's going to hit a massive amount of home runs. And the guy can always he can just hit. He's just that's what he is. That's what he does. So I'm completely bought into Castellanos. I think that he is going to provide a JD Martinez type of production this year. He's going to take that next step. And I am in bought in completely to uh, Nicholas Castellanos. 
A guy that I am selling everything about is Merrill Kelly. I know he started off hot. There's no denying that. And everything, but just everything suggests regression. We're looking at a guy with a hundred percent strand rate. You know, that's coming down with a bad of only three, uh, 231. Again, something that will probably come up unsustainable walk rate of 1.8%. And he's actually walking less without even striking out more. So it's like, I guess he's just letting up more contact, which can play if it's weak contact, but every indicator, he has a 2.63 ERA and every indicator suggests one to 1.5 runs higher with the FIP actually about two runs higher. So I, I understand the velo is back, so that's always promising. And we saw him do well with the velo back last year, the velo up towards the end of the year. But this still screams regression, and they're just this is just a streaming option. I wouldn't be expecting much more. And people might be trying to be like, "Well, look how he started this year, look how he ended last year," and I get that, but it's still not exciting. The strikeouts aren't really there. The team hasn't been playing that well, so wins aren't even there right now. Just not something I'm really all that interested in committing long term to. Next guy that I'm in on is Yusei Kikuchi. And just looking at some of the stuff, I, I guess I kind of broke him down today on, on a thread. He did make a mechanical change, which is, which is well documented. Like everyone knows he made it. But to finally actually look into him was kind of int- intriguing. He starts with his hands lower, dropped his leg follow through, which was almost like Clevenger-esque. And he just looks more controlled. And when you look at everything in his small sample, because again, these are all small samples we're working on. So you're looking for tangible change. You're looking for things to hold on to as far as to be able to sell yourself or sell your, or buy into these players a little more. His ERA was, is 466, 4.66, I should say, whatever you want to call it. But he has a FIP of 1.89, an XFIP of 2.45, and a Sierra of 3.32. So even on the high end, he's expected to be a low three ERA pitcher right now. The guy's looking good. The, the K minus walk rate is 21%. And this is actually a guy with a BABIP of 400 and a, and a strand rate of 61.5. So both of which should regress, thus helping the ratios come down. Then the most interesting thing is the ground ball rate is at 55%. So he's inducing a ton of ground balls. So I looked a little more and I'm like, swing strike rate is up to 14.5%. So great, that explains the Ks. But wait a minute, the, the O swing percent, which is again, swinging outside the zone, he's get, he's only inducing a O swing of 25.8%. When you have such a high ground ball rate and you see him actually attacking the bottom of the zone a lot with the cutter, which we'll get to shortly, it's just, it makes more sense that he's going to turn into more of a ground ball pitcher. Some of those swings and misses are going to turn into ground balls. I think the Ks take a little bit of a step back, but the ratios and everything else, will continue to move forward, I believe. So even with the Ks taking a step backwards, just a side, just a little bit, and as long as the ratios come with it, I think he'll still be a K printing type of guy. But when you look at the pitch mix, there's more to it. He stopped throwing his curve altogether, which is just awesome. Like just again, it just shows that he's learning. He added a cutter and throws it 43% of the time. Sorry, 45.3% of the time, which induces again here comes your weak contact because it has this thing has an 85% ground ball rate, just this pitch alone. Which again, he's throwing it so much, inducing that much that many ground balls. He's attacking the zone with it. It does have a swinging strike rate of twelve point five percent, so he's still missing bats with it. But again, as players adjust, I expect a little more contact to be made on it, which will increase the which will keep the ground balls in play, but decrease that strikeout rate. The fastball the fastball velocity is up three miles per hour, and then you actually had three point two inches of uh, vertical movement increase on that fastball as well. So he's able to get more movement on that fastball, more deception. It pairs well with the cutter. And then, of course, you have other stuff like just a little other uh, other things as far as velo with the slider change up. All that stuff's kind of uh, changing around. Just something to monitor with him. All the stat cast data also suggests him to positive, positively regress. So 
Kikuchi's a guy I'm definitely buying in on, definitely interested in, and a guy that I want to have moving forward. Another guy I'm out on is Dansby Swanson. And by out, I mean sell him or sell high or ride it out again because I was a big Swanson guy coming into the season. I thought he would do well. But then when you look at some of those underlying numbers, it gets really ugly, really scary, really quickly. We're talking about a guy that, although the hot start is there, he's batting second in the lineup. Everything's looking good. But, man, that strikeout rate, it's jumped up to 36.8%. That is crazy high. He has a walk rate of 3.5%. That is crazy low. He's being extra aggressive and not walking. We're talking about a guy with a career 23% K rate and a career 9.2% walk rate, and both of these are clear outliers. He does have three steals and two home runs on the year. Fantastic. He's hitting 296, 333, 481. Amazing. Babbitt before 452 ain't happening. He did change to an all fields approach, or not change, but at least that's what he's showing an all fields approach compared to being a little more pull happy in the past. So that can't help the Babbitt sustain a little bit, but not at a 452 clip. That is for sure not going to sustain. And then you go and look at some of the other indicators. Um, he's hitting more ground balls. He's <laughs> he's swinging, he's swinging and missing more. His swinging strike rate has never been higher than 11.7, 11.8. It's at 17.6 right now. His his O-swing percentage, it went from 27.9 last year up to 32.3 this year. So he's swinging at more pitches out of the zone. He's swinging more than ever before. His swing rate is a career high 73.2%. The problem is, is he's doing this with career low rates in contact across the board as well. So if you're taking a, a heavier swing, uh, if you're taking a heavier swing approach, a more aggressive approach, you're, you're swinging at more pitches out of the zone, you're swinging through more pitches, it's only a matter of time before the regression smacks you right in the face. So either he needs to adjust back to some of his career norms, or I'm going to have to go ahead and just sell high on him because this is almost looking like Mondesi. And we all know I'm not a fan of Mondesi with that, with that play discipline. And it pains me to say that when I found this, I was like, Ooh, this is really upsetting, which will lead me to another guy I'm out on. Cause I've been going in and out and out. I'll do two out in a row. And it's because it's for the same, very same reasons to Oscar Hernandez. Yes. He's been hitting third in their lineup. Yes, he's looked amazing. Again, another power and speed guy. But the same exact thing is going on with him. He is chasing more. He is swinging through the ball more. He is making less contact. I think he's making more contact in the zone, but less everywhere else. Ultimately, another guy that this guy has actually been known to be streaky. I think this is just a hot streak might be coming to an end. He's definitely a guy that, again, you got him for next to nothing or cheap. You need to, uh, you need to just sell him. And or again, or just ride it out again. That's just a caveat. I'm gonna keep throwing in there. Let's get back to the guys I'm in on. We'll have we have two more. One of which is Will Myers. Will Myers is another guy who has been vocal about pivoting more, having a swing, a little bit minor of a swing change, but with it you see an increase in launch angle. And with the increase in launch angle came an improvement in ground ball rate, and then of course that went to five balls and line drives, mostly line drives. So some of the batting average will stick, but the power and speeds there. He's hitting. And although there is like some obviously like some sweet hole, uh, holes in his swing, there always has been. There's actually not as many this year. Yes, he has a strikeout rate of 34.7%. That is not good. His his walk rate of 10.2% is fantastic. And when you look at his underlying metrics, like some of the plate discipline stuff, I'm surprised the carry rate is so high, but I think it's because he's being overly patient because we see him, his, his O swing percentage is down to 22.2%. That is like elite. So he's not chasing a lot out of the zone. His swing strike rate is down to 8.9%. Again, very, very good. It's way above league average. So where's the issues? His contact is up compared to last year. His E-contact 
is as high as it's been in like four years. So I don't understand. He's making more contact across the board. I don't, I don't understand. He must be, he's just swinging through too many. We, I guess at the time and also being a little too patient. So maybe he's getting a lot of call third strikes regardless. I'm buying in the plate. Discipline is improved. Again, he's putting more balls in the air and less on the ground, which is always big for him and his power. And of course, he is, again, another guy kind of more of like, instead of pulling the ball so much, he's actually gone more of center. He's, he's been hitting up the up the center more. So less pull, more up the center, but still ultimately a solid approach. He He's getting the ball in the air more, and he's hitting it to at least two-thirds of the field because he's actually kind of taking away the opposite side of the field. So he is trying to – I think he's, it's an attempt to pull more maybe and generate more power. Regardless, I'm in. He drew me back in. I can't seem to quit him. But a hot topic right now, a guy people aren't sure what to do with, I'm buying in on Trent Grisham. He was hitting second. He's been hitting second all year against righties, was hitting eighth. They said, screw that. They put him at second, and he's been sitting in the two-hole ever since. And that's because the OBP, the OBP skills are going to play. He has always had a great on-base skill. You go back to the minors, it's always in the 350s, 360s. Right now it's 386. He's actually hitting 271 on the year. Another guy with a little bit of swing and miss, 24.1% K rate. But the walks are absurd, 15.5. And the power and speed is there. Four home runs, three stolen bases. The Padres are letting him run. And he's doing this with only a bad bit with 300. And this is a guy that has like a, I'm trying to remember what it was, uh, 93. It's a 93rd percentile sprint speed tool. So you take that sprint speed and the ba- the fact that the bad bit's only 300. It's like, wow, maybe there's room for a regression there. But you look down and maybe this is why, because if you look at his pull rate, it's 58.8% and his fly ball rate is 54.5% according to Fangraphs. You pair those together, it could it usually leads to a lower BABIP, unfortunately. So you have the lower BABIP. You have, um, but that's fine though, because with his skill set, you're going to take it and it, he doesn't really need the BABIP to play up. And But he's hitting less ground balls, which is again, a big deal if you're looking for power. And the, the five balls will help, like I said, so hitting hitting less fly balls, you generate more more balls in the air, which generates home runs. Usually, I'm liking what I see there. You move down to the plate discipline. Another guy with just really good plate discipline. When I said 22% was elite, he's at 15.1%. And by elite, I mean O swing percentage. Again, chasing balls out of the zone. This is something you want to look at because you want to see how patient he is. He really is patient, and his swinging strike rate is only 5.7%. And last year was 8.1%. So even if it regresses to last year's, that is still one of the best. Probably end up being one of the better ones in the league. Definitely better than league average for an everyday player. And he's doing this because he's getting more, he's making more contact. His hit tool is improving as he's seeing more major league pitching. He's making less contact on pitches outside the zone, but that's simply because he's swinging at a lot less. But pitches in the zone, he's making way more. He's making like four, like three and a half uh, percent of con- more contact in the zone and overall making more contact as a whole. Roughly another, again, another three and a half, three, actually 3.6%, I believe it is, uh, more contact overall so he's a guy i'm totally bought in on totally like completely in on and and lastly this pains me to say but there's a guy that i just can't quite like i I was in on preseason his price is at all-time high he's a perfect sell high candidate and i love him to death but it's kyle lewis and it's simply because of the fact that i (laughs) like like i said it hurts he made a batting stance adjustment he's another one that again was highlighted in the article because he made a batting stance adjustment but with that adjustment it kind of adjusted a little too far it went to the um it's down to like a launching of 1.1 degrees and he's hitting a ton of ground balls 
but the line drive rate is up. So I'm thinking that the power might not be what I wanted, but the batting average might help sustain itself with that line because that line drive rate will play to that. We'll, we'll play to the BABIP and the batting average floor. We're also seeing, again, improved plate discipline. The chase rate is down. Another guy that's just not chasing out of the zone. Um, the swing strike rate is down, but he still has a high whiff rate. So you got to be careful. He's swinging through a lot. Unfortunately, I just don't see it with all the with all the strikeouts he has with the swing and miss in his game. He has to. Yes, he'll hit. He's hitting more. His contact rates are up across the board, but he won't sustain this. And if you have somebody that's really sold in on him being this guy, then you got to sell him as is. Like, like I said, it pains me to say this because I'm a huge Kyle Lewis guy. I'm more likely to hold on and just ride it out, to be honest, and selling because he's not the type of guy. The name isn't flashy enough. I don't think you can get enough for him. Now, if you can, please let me know what you can get because I'm truly intrigued and interested in what you could get. But in all seriousness, I just I it's tough because I think he's just like I said, he's one of those names that you're kind of stuck with, which isn't a bad thing because you got to you ride it till you, you ride it till the wheels fall off. That's fine. If he has a bad week, you drop him. But he's a guy that I'm really in on. But I'm not in at like I'm not buying into this production. But the speed tool is also a plus. So if he has a stolen base, the Mariners are running. If he starts sprinkling sprinkling in some steals, he might be somebody you just have to hold on to for sure. Even if he drags that batting average through the mud to on his way down uh, in on his way down during regression. So my ins. It's just to recap the five players I'm in on: Aaron Savale, Nick Castellanos, Yusei Kikuchi, Yusei Kikuchi. Will Myers, Trent Grisham, my five players I'm out on, Spencer Turnbull, Merrill Kelly, Dansby Swanson, Teoscar Hernandez, and Kyle Lewis. And by out, I mean simply there's going to be some regression slash sell high. Just keep that in mind. Honestly, it's a short season. Anything can happen. They can sustain this for a 60-game stretch, and nobody should be surprised. So if you think that there's even a chance of that happening, just hold tight, don't sell high, and just ride it out and see what happens. As always, everybody, we appreciate you listening. I know this is a quick podcast, but it has plenty of information. As always, appreciate you listening. If you want to support the podcast, of course, leave a five-star rating review on your way out. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BasesLoadedPod. I'm at Mike underscore Curland. And until next time, we'll talk to you soon.